Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 346, and today we'll be talking about It's About Time from Invincible. I'm GC13. And I'm Ken. So maybe a good place to start would just be kind of a brief introduction to our histories with the series, which as I understand it is going to be uh, very short, because this is based on a pretty long-running comic book series. I don't remember exactly when it started, maybe a little bit before 2010, thereabout, by Robert Kirkman, the writer of The Walking Dead. He also did this in a couple other series, um, so this was got pretty popular. And yeah, it's been going on for a while. It probably ended uh, a little while ago, the comic. I'm not exactly sure when, but uh, now it's got this animated series on Amazon Prime that you can watch. And, you know, it's getting a lot of, a lot of discussion, driving a lot of discourse. So we're, we're checking it out. Um, I'm up to date and I, I think GC, you've only seen this first episode. Yep, that is correct. I have been dragging my feet on this just like I dragged my feet on the comic. Invincible was. One of those comic book series that I always kind of wanted to get into, but I've never been big on superheroes, so I I guess I just never got around to it. So I was vaguely aware that there was an Omni-Man heel turn at some point, and so the fact that it happened in the series at the end of the first episode caught me incredibly off guard. I I thought there would be aliens in the skies by the time we found out he wasn't on the up and up. <laughs> yeah, no, same here. I'd seen various images of this when it was kind of first starting out with images of the main character Invincible being covered in blood and a lot of gory imagery and I knew that Omni-Man was going to do something that made him not a good guy at some point. So I knew those things were coming up, which made the tone of most of this episode like pretty surprising because it seemed like, you know, very, very mild and, until it wasn't. But that took away just the, the tiniest bit of shock. But, you know, even knowing that that was coming up, um, it still does not prepare you for those last like five to ten minutes. They are They are quite something. It is a massive increase in the show's gore factor there. Yeah, well, I mean, for the entire episode, it's basically just an episode of Young Justice. Um, in terms of the art style, it looks very similar to Young Justice to me. And in terms of kind of the maturity of content, um, maybe there's like a little bit more cursing or I, there's like allusions to sex, which maybe uh, on Cartoon Network wouldn't have. And have children to... complaining about the allusions to sex. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a funny gag. I, I did appreciate that. I laughed out loud at that. But, you know, maybe pushing a little bit more boundaries than what would be allowed in, like, daytime Cartoon Network, but not not by much, really. But, um, and then they they just go full Adult Swim, or maybe even past that in those last few minutes. They are extremely gory. So, the episode opens up with what is quite possibly the least effective defense of the White House I've seen <laughs> from the Secret Service since Olympus has fallen. Are you suggesting that White House security guards should actually check the people they let in? I, I don't understand. Uh, well, that would have helped. But uh, as we hear in the episode, it's quite possible that the president doesn't even live there anymore. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it's for the tourists. Uh, I, I guess so. You need some guys in red jackets and big black hats if you're going to do that, guys. Step it up. I appreciated the little backstory we get for the security guard. I thought that was uh, sweet. All they were doing was making you think, oh, this guy's going to die, right. isn't he? But <laughs> thankfully, the the hero stepped in in the nick of time to avert fate for now. Yeah. We get our, our big introduction to the, the Guardians. Um, That's their name, right? Uh, weren't they like the Guardians of the Globe? I'm, I'm very bad with names in first episodes, so just be happy that I know that his name is Mark and we'll just go from there. <laughs> sure. 
So we get our first introduction to the Guardians, and then we get another kind of extended introduction to them later, which, I mean, just makes it that much sadder when what what happens happens. I really should have seen this coming when I saw, okay, that several of these characters have people they love and have attachments to, so... (laughs) I really should have known what was about to happen, but the the rest of the episode had lulled me into a false sense of security. Yeah. Well, it's funny that they introduced a lot of those characters because, I mean, this is like the mildest of mild spoilers, but the little girl that's with the, the alien character, she, at least as of now, she's not even shown up again. I assume she never does. So it's so funny that they, they have her there in the first place. Since uh, Since we're doing just a freewheeling section at the moment, I want to say that after Mark gets his powers and he's, you know, got training time with dad in the morning and he's lying awake at night and he goes out and he's like, should I try to fly? Should I not try to fly? I'm like, his dad's totally watching him do this, right? Like later on, his dad was watching at least some of his fight against the rock dude, but nope, nope. His dad's like, oh yeah, he's definitely not going to try to do some, you know, late night training or anything, even though he seems completely unsurprised by it later. I guess he did pick him up out of the out of the street, so his dad's pretty supportive when it comes to the training, perhaps even pushing him a bit beyond his his comfort zone, so yeah, he doesn't seem to be like a bad dad here. He seems to really love his wife, really loves his kid, and Mark's relationship with his mom also comes across as being you know really really strong that was very sweet you know after after she uh you know, stabbed him with a couple daggers, they got back to the sweet stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he was still being, I guess, a, a rebellious teen, but she, she handles the situation very well, uh, really shows her commitment <laughs> to him, and uh, the, the family as a whole, kind of trying to figure out her place. Yeah, it's it's a very sweet well, Let's be honest, she's, she's known for years that her son was eventually going to develop superhuman powers, so she's been thinking about how to handle that for a long time, and she seems to have a Tiger mom vibe is the wrong word, but you know, she she's definitely an authoritative parent, so you know, she she knows how to she knows how to lead, let's put it that way. Oh yeah, for sure. She does not take any crap from anyone. Besides, I mean she can always call Omni Man. <laughs> oh, it's true. Like, okay, that's right. I can't make you do anything. Let me just go talk to your dad real quick. You just stand right there. Just stand right there. <laughs> yeah, not gonna end well for you. <laughs> and we 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 saw what happened during training. That's true. I mean, I'm assuming that we'll find out later what happens if his dad punches him full force. But, you know, having seen only the first episode, I can't help but wonder, is he invincible? I mean, we we see what happens when his dad punches someone else (laughs) full force in the chest. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah, that was, well, I mean, but that's, that's someone else, not. Oh, that's true. uh, Whatever the heck his species is called. I'm I'm assuming the half-breeds get the full power set. Otherwise, it wouldn't be much of a showdown now, would it? It seems as if the only powers Omni-Man has are flying and super strength, super speed, etc. And Mark also seems to have those. So, yeah, I don't I don't know if there's any, like, decrease. I guess they don't know either. Well, I, I mean, he gets the powers to the full extent, not like oh, to... Oh, I see. Oh, if, I, if Omni-Man can lift 20 tons, then he can lift 10 tons. No, he can lift 20 tons, too. Right, right. But, I mean, yeah, they're both, they're both flying bricks, from what I can see. The, the classic Superman sans extras. Right, right. The 20-ton the example, I know you were just, like, throwing that out as a random number, but it's just the extent of their strength is pretty ridiculous when they're throwing the baseball around the world. Yeah, 20 tons is actually a super low ball, considering those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Like, these guys are... Like, if, if you showed me a comic book cover 
where Omni-Man had the entire solar system chained up together and he was just flying through space <laughs> dragging it, I'd be like, yeah, that, that seems like something he could probably do if he wanted. Yeah, he's Golden Age Superman. Yeah, he'd get flexed in the mirror for living and talking about flying being like flexing a muscle. I can imagine him flexing in the mirror. <laughs> probably after noticing his bald spot had gotten bigger, let's be honest. His hair will never fade. It's as invincible as his body is. True, true. But he has very good vision, so if there was even the tiniest of bald spots, he'd see it. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I'm, again, knowing that he had a heel turn coming, some of his, uh, you, you know, I, I was seeing little red flags like, oh, oh, they're doing foreshadowing in this first episode. Okay, okay. Like with the whole, you know, oh, I, I had kind of really hoped that you wouldn't get powers, you know. Yeah. Come to think of it, you know, because his son's been spending all of his life, oh, I want to defend the Earth just like my dad. Like, maybe he would have uh, instilled a different value set in his son if he had been sure he would get powers. Yeah, and then also when they're, like, throwing the baseball around the world, he's like, something to the effect of, there are responsibilities that are unique to you and I, things that we have to do, even if we don't want to do them, sometimes we just have to push through. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, that obviously raises the question of why, why did he kill all of the Guardians? And it seems to be, like, I, I have no special insight into this, but he, he does this once Mark gets his powers. And as you said, he doesn't appear to be happy about Mark obtaining the powers. Or he seems to be a little bit surprised, or at least not, like, ecstatic. So, I mean, it raises some questions for sure. Yeah, I mean, his wife even has to kick him to get him to offer the training. Yeah, right. He's he's just in such shock. Which is, it's just actually really confusing to me. It makes you want to understand what's going on. It's very compelling, propulsive television in that way. On the whole, I didn't think this first episode was, like, super strong or anything, and I think a lot of people had that same reaction. I've seen from a couple of people who didn't know there was, like, an after credit scene. And after the first episode, <laughs> they were like, that was fine, but I don't feel the need to, like, watch this anymore. And then, you know, they, they look around and some people tell them to go back, and then they're like, oh, crap. Wait, when you say after the credits, do you mean the massacre, or do you mean something that happens like after the literal credits roll? No, because I didn't see that. No, the the massacre, like the okay, okay. I guess it's more of like mm. a mid credits thing or something. It wasn't like literally at the end, but you know. I mean, it it did feel like an extended after credits scene, though. That's that's why I had to ask. Yeah, yeah, a, a decent number of people missed that. Oh, because it happened after he said "I'm," and then it shows the uh, the invincible comic logo. That was. I loved that. That was brilliant. Oh, right, yeah. Because like I said, I've never read the comics, but like I'd always been interested. Oh, maybe someday I'll get Invincible. And I'm like, so that, that popped me a little. Mm. But I, I'll say, before he got his powers, I'm like, okay, okay, they're, they're laying the groundwork. It's like, when he's about to go step up to the bully, I'm like, okay, this could be where he gets his powers. But yeah. like, if I'm the writer, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they 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 want to they wanna tease you, but like, they could surprise you and have it actually be, but probably it isn't. And then, Sure enough, I uh, I thought his response to the bully boy was was very good. After you know, it's clear that he's not getting hurt. I would have thrown in a so do we understand each other now? But he held back. He's a better man than I. Is that is that a reference <laughs> to something? No, it's just vaguely threatening. No, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he was he was very composed in that situation. Handled it well. Didn't physically hurt the guy. He just let him hurt himself. Although, to be honest, he, he actually did run out and find someone to punch immediately after. I expected that to be a much closer fight. I, again, I guess they're just showing just how powerful this alien race is. You know, a completely, completely rookie hero was able to just really dominate that guy. 
Yeah. Yeah, the Viltrumites seem to be very, very strong. I mean, Omni-Man appears to be by far, like by far, the strongest person in the world. Yeah, we saw he was able to solo the, the Guardians, and he was, he was likened to the New York Yankees yeah. for crying out loud. <laughs> I do appreciate that he he didn't just like slaughter them. He they beat him bad enough that he passed out at the end of that fight. So he was not unharmed, but like yes, he could yeah. he could convincingly beat all of them at the same time. Yeah, the the costume was nice. Uh, I don't know if the costume that he rejected was a reference to anything, but all, I I know that he liked the goggles and that was like the okay, I recognize the goggles. I'm not sure if the rest of that is the correct outfit though. The color scheme seems wrong. Yeah, no, exactly. Just having seen images from the show and the comic floating around over time, I like didn't exactly know what it looked like. So I also was like, this could be what the final costume is, but something doesn't feel right. But then, I mean, you, you see it and then it looks, you know, it looks right. Yeah, then I see it. Oh, yeah, that's my boy with the, with the headpiece and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although that did hurt after he got the costume. And it's like, okay, first off, he'll slow down for the pigeons, but not for the pedestrians on the street <laughs> below. That is. That is incredibly rude, sir. Yeah. And then again, his father mentioned, you know, during that first fight, you caused a lot of excess property damage. And then here he is punching guys through through buildings. It's like, no, no, you go up and punch them into the street. It's a lot easier to fill a hole than it is to rebuild a building, sir. Yeah, he's a rookie. He has to, he has to learn his techniques. I'll say one thing that I just never like in this media is when we have to spend a lot of time with heroes, like, bumbling around trying to learn their power sets. Like, I think Enter the Spider-Verse is a masterpiece. Great movie, but they spend way too much time on him not knowing how to use his powers and just going, whoa, 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 all over the place. That's like <laughs> 90 minutes of that movie, and it's just, it's 60 minutes too much. I don't know. I, I seem to remember a certain someone when we were discussing Kid Cosmic wishing that they had drawn out the episode where they oh, right. fought a whole bunch of aliens and did a very bad job of it. So so which is it? Do we want to spend more time with them bumbling with their powers or less? Okay, but that was Pick funny. a lane here, sir. That that was genuinely funny. I thought all of those gags were great. It's not supposed yeah, to be Kid funny Cosmic here, did I don't some think. really good ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's more of a it's about realism and it gives him something. I think he does very well cuz we don't see most of the late night practice sessions. It is funny the recurrence of the him just crashing into the ground and cratering it, though. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, that was fine. So I, I think they... I thought they got the balance pretty good on this one. They showed that he's struggling without dwelling on it too much. Yeah, no, it does a much better job than that, than Spider-Verse does. Um, yeah. I mean, Spider-Verse is much better on, on the whole, obviously. But, you know, in that particular regard, um, yeah. But this first episode, it covered... You know, it would fit in an hour-long time slot if it weren't on Amazon Prime. But, like, it uses every minute... Of that episode, we go so many places, we take him through so much. So, very good use of time. Very well written. Yeah, I think all of these episodes, they're all, I think, roughly like 40 minutes or maybe a little bit more than that, which I guess is a benefit of Amazon Prime. Um, if you were like airing this on television, unless you were on like HBO Max or something, or HBO, you'd have a harder time doing that time format. But yeah, it's, they cover a lot of ground in all of them. It's, kind of weird they'll just bounce from topic to topic and they start juggling a lot of different plot threads in a way that can feel a little bit haphazard at time but i don't know it's nice to give them the freedom to do that yeah i do want to know though does his friend not know that his dad is omni-man because he seems like surprised that he's an omni-man fan we're like oh yeah sure root for your dad would have been the easy joke to make so he doesn't know 
No, his friend is not aware. Wow. Like, you, you'd think the fact that Omni-Man lived in your town would be something you would know. Oh, well. Yeah, or if he'd ever been to Mark's house, Omni-Man does not wear a mask. He doesn't even have the Clark Kent-style glasses. It's just literally nothing. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, if you just seen Mark's dad, but, uh. Hey, hey, it could be like in Superman, where I think it might even be All-Star Superman. I don't know if it's one I've read or not, but he's talking to Lex Luthor as Clark Kent, and he's like, hey, Clark Kent, did you know that you look a lot like Superman? And you know why that is? Because Superman is awesome, and you subconsciously style yourself to look like him. That is why. And it's like, this is Lex Luthor talking. Is Lex Luthor... Even he refuses to believe. <laughs> Lex Luthor is not a genius, I guess. He's, he's actually just the moron. All of his con- No, he just wanted to insult Clark Kent. I guess. Why would you want to insult Clark Kent? He's such an awesome dude. <laughs> Lex Luthor is jealous of how awesome Clark Kent is, in the same way he's awesome of how jealous Superman is. I guess that's just his character. Mm, must be, must be. That would be funny, being jealous of both the superhero persona and of the <laughs> secret identity. I'm sure that story's been done before at some point. Hey, they managed to make Jimmy Olsen cool in All-Star Superman, so they've done everything. I have not read All-Star Superman, but that is a a ringing endorsement if I've ever heard one. I guess the last thing I really have to say is the production on this is, like, it's kind of slick. They have, like, an All-Star cast doing the voices, Sandra Oh, J.K. Simmons, some other famous people. Okay, I'm going to be completely honest. I did not notice anything about the voice work. I mean, with the Red Rocket dude, I'm like, wait a minute, that guy was French? When he's, uh, you know, sitting with his girlfriend shortly before his unfortunate death. Oh, yeah. Completely eluded me that he had a French accent when he was on the job. I think, like, Sandra O oh does a really good job as Mark's mom. I should actually learn her name and not just call her <laughs> Mark's mom for this entire time, but uh, you know how it goes. Uh, but other than that, it's not like the quality of voice acting really, like, stood out to me. It's just more acknowledging that, you know, Amazon went out of their way to spend money on, I guess famous people because they really wanted people to watch this so they could promote it heavily oh she was cast a spella in she-ra that's awesome okay i love her now oh. now i know why i love her <laughs> okay debbie grayson by the way uh her character name oh okay debbie grayson okay cool cool two radically different characters who i love for very different reasons wait who is cast a spella on she-ra oh she is glimmer's very Annoying ant. Oh, the, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and then the animation is also, like, it's it's fine. It's kind of the type of stuff you would expect to see in, like, Young Justice, or maybe a tier below those um, DC animated movies they put out, like, direct-to-video. So, like, less than season one of One Punch Man, but better than season two. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I would agree with that. They're not doing anything too ambitious here. There's that scene at the end where he's kind of flying through the city, which... It, like, alternates between looking... That looked cool. It, like, looks cool in some places, and it looks kind of bad in other places. There are times where it looks like they have a still image of him, and they're just kind of dragging it across the screen, because they don't, like, feel like actually animating him. But then there are other times that he's, like, flipping around and, like, moving around the buildings, and that looks pretty cool. Yeah, the, the shot that sticks in my mind was, you know, after he sees the laser blasts start flying, and he flies across the water under the bridge. Very beautiful background there. Yeah. That they, uh, they did that on. Yeah, the backgrounds in that are, like, kind of weird. They look almost like photographs to me. Like, some of them are CG renders, and then others of them appear to be, I'm talking about the buildings specifically, like, photographs of buildings. And if they're not photographs, and they're just very detailed, either CG renders or illustrations, but it's it's an interesting look. Because, you know, Mark himself is, like, clearly a cartoon character, so it's it's a contrast. 
Yeah, it, it made me nervous how close he was getting to that building. It's like, you're not perfectly in control yet. I know you're trying to prove how in control you are by skimming that buddy super close, but... Yeah. Don't break those windows, man. <laughs> you don't gotta pay for it. <laughs> they are. They are expensive. Man, I wonder, do they make superheroes buy insurance? Apparently being a superhero pays pretty well. So, they could afford the premiums. It's unclear whether this is a paid job or not. I don't know. It's, I don't know if Debbie is the uh, the breadwinner in their household or uh, what the deal is. I mean, I know that if I had someone like Omni-Man living in my country, I- I'd want him to feel like part of the team, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why he killed the Guardians. He just was not getting paid enough. U.S. government should have yeah. forked over that cash. <sighs> oh, well. I mean, m- maybe, maybe next time they'll remember. Yeah. <laughs> So is that all you wanted to say? Shall I roll outro? Uh, Yeah, that's all I got to say about the first episode. It's pretty straightforward. They're not doing anything super uh, original or inventive until the last few minutes. I would say the gore for me is maybe a little bit un... Like, I don't know. I can't really say that I like loved the t- last few minutes of that episode. It's compelling and makes you like really... Yeah, they... They leave an impression is what they do. Yeah, for sure. You like have to know what happens next. And so indeed I did continue to watch the rest of the series, but I don't know if I'd say it was like good in some sense, but hey, it's uh it's good television in that it leaves you wanting more. So anyway, guys, that's it from us on It's About Time. Until next week, I'm GC13. And I am Ken. Leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, go watch a Demon Slayer movie. It was great. So that's why I've been seeing people wearing Demon Slayer t-shirts. Oh yeah, (laughs) the movie came out. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.